You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I've partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom-targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoppinStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoppinStore.com. DearHoppinStore.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Part one, we talked about uh, the uh, imminent uh, passage of renewal of the Farm Bill, uh, which includes all kinds of allocations to agriculture as part of appropriations for the USDA, U.S. Department of Agriculture, including the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP, formerly known as Food Stamps, and in part one, uh, we talked about uh, some of the important reforms that we'd like to see brought to the SNAP program to help uh, Americans eat a more nutritious diet. I mean, that's the goal of the program, uh, not to fill up their shopping carts with ultra-processed foods. Uh, we'll give out the email. I'm sorry, the, uh, the uh, URL for a place you can go where you can take action as a citizen. There's a grassroots campaign, allforvitamind.org, which includes a proposal, and I think this is a great idea, uh, to add vitamin D to the roster of things that you can purchase under the SNAP program. Because, uh, you know, if you can buy uh, uh, potato chips and candy bars, uh, maybe, just maybe, uh, you should get some vitamin D in your system. That would make a big difference in the health of Americans. With us is Carolina Schneider. Uh, and so, Carolina, uh, your expertise, you, you, are, you have been dubbed the Green RD. Uh, I hope that doesn't refer to your complexion. Uh, but <laughs> uh, you're not a leprechaun. But uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your approach to plant-based diet. And, and does that mean that you, know, you encourage everybody to become you know, a vegan, no, no meat, no dairy, no animal protein whatsoever. Uh, or is plant-based diet, uh, a term that suggests that people include a lot of fruits and vegetables and, uh, natural stuff. Yeah. So absolutely. Doctor. So first of all, I am not green. Um, not yet. My, my turn green with the amount of green vegetables that I eat, but, uh, um, you know, in terms of my approach to nutrition, um, I simply believe we should all, and it's not me personally, it's science saying we should all eat more plants. So by no means am I saying everyone should be vegan or vegetarian. Um, I truly believe, and we see in, you know, in the evidence that, Consuming more plant-based foods greatly improves your health and greatly reduces your risk 
for chronic conditions. So what do I mean by plant-based foods? I mean um, fruits, vegetables, whole grains such as quinoa, brown rice, um, legumes such as beans, lentils, chickpeas, um, soy products, as well as nuts and seeds. So these are what we call plant foods. And I think, you know, we all truly benefit tremendously when we just increase our consumption of these foods, but specifically fruits and vegetables. Um, so that's my approach is trying to get people to eat more plants um, so they can thrive. And then that does not mean that they need to, you know, eliminate animal products, but definitely reduce their consumption of things like red and processed meats. And so talk to us a little bit about the science behind that. What what do these uh, fresh fruits and vegetables do for us? Uh, uh, you know, why can't we just take, a, you know, a fruit and veggie pill or something like that? You know, because it's such a hassle to eat all that salad and, you know, cook all those vegetables and, you know, can't it just all be incorporated in, you know, in a, something that we can throw into a smoothie that, you know, it's like a powder or something? Great question. So um, first of all, just to answer your first question, um, fruits and vegetables are extremely nutritious in terms of micronutrients, vitamins and minerals, right? So um, we see the highest concentration of vitamins and minerals in fruits and vegetables. Um, you know, if you're looking gram per gram compared to other foods, fruits and vegetables are more highly concentrated in vitamins and minerals. And why is this important? Um, well, vitamins and minerals, of course, are essential for the proper functioning of our body. But a lot of um, vitamins act as antioxidants, such as vitamin C, for example, which the best sources of vitamin C are fruits and vegetables. Um, they act as antioxidants, which essentially, you know, fights, fights oxidative stress in our body, which is associated with, um, you know, in, increasing risk for many chronic conditions um, and mortality, right? So essentially, it helps us um, support our immune system and our um, the little soldiers that live in us, which are these these antioxidants that are fighting oxidative stress. So that's a really important part of, uh, you know, why fruits and vegetables are so beneficial. But also they can contain a lot of plant compounds. We call them phytochemicals um, that are only found in plants. And a lot of these phytochemicals are the natural defense of plants and they seem to have a protective effect in our body as well and that you really can't get anywhere else um, in any other food and you know to answer a question regarding um, the powder form there's this definitely some benefit to um, some of these powders you know green powders and whatnot but when we look at the science the the nutrition uh, by the bioavailability of these vitamins and minerals and by bioavailability i just mean how well absorbed they are in the, our body um it's much much higher in fresh fruits and vegetables mm -hmm. and your body responds and absorbs that in a much more efficient manner than in a powder form um we know that heat and other you know processing of fruits and vegetables can significantly degrade the nutritional value of food so eating them you know their whole form you know whether it's fresh or frozen um frozen is also pretty great so just having a lot of those we see you know you're improving your health and, and preventing disease significantly what about the the microbiome impact of uh the uh the fibers that are present in fruits and vegetables uh, we're you know a lot of recording a lot of importance to the uh, microbiome uh, microbial diversity in the intestinal tract. 
that I think uh, has a big impact on health. So, uh, is there is there evidence that um, the fruit and fruits and vegetables support that? Absolutely, there's there is plenty of evidence. Um, and what one thing to clarify um, to your listeners here today is that fiber is only found in plants. So when we're talking about these plant-based foods that I mentioned earlier, they are the only sources of fiber in your diet. Unless you're getting fiber, you know, from a pill form, which is also not um, as effective, and it does not have all the benefits that um, you know foods have um but really animal products have no fiber so that's another a great thing to bring up um why is is fiber and these fruits and vegetables um so important to your gut health well First of all, you know, just quickly so I don't get too technical here, we have our good and our bad bacteria that reside all throughout our body, but especially in your GI tract, your gastrointestinal tract and your, um, you know, your colon. So um, when we have fiber, fiber acts as food to your good beneficial bacteria in the gut. So it feeds the good bacteria in your gut. Therefore, it helps them thrive um, and grow and and develop. And um, you have a higher um, ratio of good to bad bacteria, which is exactly what we need for a myriad of reasons. Um, You know, having a a good microbiome balance um, and diversity supports your immune system, absolutely, but it also supports your mental health. We see, um, we have something called the gut-brain axis and essentially is this concept, um, and it's true, you know, anatomically speaking, um, that, you know, the the bacteria in your gut directly impacts the production of neurotransmitter transmitters um, and hormones that promote wellness, mental health, and and we see a relationship between your gut microbiome and your risk for depression and anxiety. Um, so it's extremely important. Um, and just to quickly give a little bit more of a, some info here on the importance of fiber is when we have. Um, when we, we feed this beneficial bacteria in your gut, we have fermentation. Um, it's a natural process. And it, as a product of this fermentation, we have what we call short-chain fatty acids. Right. And this is just a type of uh, uh, fatty acid uh, uh, element that um, it's highly associated with um, improving our health and protecting us from disease as well. Indeed. Well, when working with uh, clients who are vegetarian, uh, what are some of the, the pitfalls that have to be avoided? You know, say you have someone who comes to you and says, well, I want you to guide me on an optimal uh, vegetarian diet. And, you know, I, I have to say that in this era of personalized nutrition, uh, you know, I do obviously nutritional work with my patients. And for some patients, that is is not a, a perfect option because they may have higher requirements for protein uh, that can't be met with uh, a vegetarian diet. But what are some of the, the issues that you might highlight? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, for those who are interested in following either a vegan or vegetarian diet, that's a little bit more strict. Um, doing so with the guidance of a, a professional is very important so that we avoid nutritional gaps, right? So making sure your, your diet is balanced. It's not enough to just eat vegan because you could be eating, you know, let's say, French fries and pasta and Oreos. Yeah. Those are all vegan. So-called junk food right. vegetarianism. 
Absolutely. So um, we really need to enforce a variety of foods so that you're meeting your needs. So one thing that's, you know, if someone tells me, you know, I'm vegan or I want to go vegan, um, one vitamin, the first one that comes to mind is vitamin B12. Um, why? Vitamin B12 is actually found in the soil, but animals consume it and that therefore if you're eating animal products you're getting vitamin b12 if you are vegan you simply cannot get um, vitamin b12 through food there are some foods that are fortified but it's not a reliable source so vitamin b12 is one thing that we will have to supplement um really forever and there's really so far no no escaping it luckily is a very inexpensive and you need very little um, but that's one thing that you know if people are not doing it correctly they may be deficient in vitamin b12 which is very important, um, you know, for for our um, blood and, and many mechanisms in the body. Um, another thing, you know, you mentioned protein. Absolutely, protein. It really is found in a variety of foods, and it's quite easy to get enough of. But you have to be mindful. You have to know the sources, and you have to make an effort to consume these sources of food every day. It's very easy to follow a vegan diet and lack protein. So, you know, a few foods that I, I highlight that, you know, should be consumed on a daily basis are things such as um, tofu and tempeh, which are soy products that are minimally processed, are excellent sources of protein and other um, nutrients such as calcium and iron, um, beans, lentils, and chickpeas are also good sources, but not as good as tofu, for example. So someone who's just eating chickpeas might still not be getting enough protein. So it really requires a lot of attention. Um, it's possible, but again, making that a part of your routine is important. Um, other things that I would highlight, you know, omega-3. So we know best sources of omega-3s are fatty fish. You know, we have salmon, um, many types of, of fish and, and shellfish and seafood that are excellent sources. In a vegan diet, um, we're not getting what we call DHA, which is what you get from fish, which is the essentially the active form of omega-3 fatty acids. So um, we can get omega-3 in the form of ALA, um, which is just the plant form. Um, however, not many foods have that, right? So we're, we're talking about flax seeds, chia seeds, hemp seeds, and walnuts as the best sources of the plant type of omega-3, um, which then your body converts into the DHA, the active form. But, but, but again, that, can, that can be variable because some people genetically uh, very robustly convert ALA from plant sources into EPA and DHA. Others, for one reason or another, genetically, that pathway is kind of weak. So they may need to supplement, right? Absolutely. And, and I'm glad you bring that up because the conversion of ALA um, to EPA or DHA is actually very, very inefficient. Um, and I think we definitely need more research on this, but I've done a lot of research and I've seen the numbers maybe three to as, as high as 11% conversion. That's mm -hmm. the highest seen that's not enough right so this is another thing that you know one you need to know that you have to consume these foods regularly flax seeds chia seeds walnuts hemp seeds that's first step one step two is making sure that your you know your body is able to convert that properly um i will say doctor in my professional experience and my personal experience you know i've been vegan for 12 years um i have never encountered anyone with an omega-3 fatty acid deficiency I, I think it's very rare but it can definitely happen especially if people are not doing the vegan vegetarian diet well, in a balance i would i would have to interject i disagree i think 
deficiency versus optimal level. And I think what we're seeing sometimes with the American diet is you're getting plenty of seed oils and, mm-hmm. you know, nuts will provide lots of uh, omega-6s on a vegetarian diet. Uh, but are we getting enough omega-3s to really optimize our cardiovascular health, our brain health, our eye health? Uh, that's where, you know, if you're a vegan, there are options. You can actually get uh, algae-based products that provide the DHA, right? Absolutely. So you can easily, you know, go online and buy um, vegan DHA, algae-based um, DHA in a vegan form um, supplement for, um, you know, to to prevent, like you said, even um, though it may not be a deficiency, people can still have inadequate levels. Um, and it's, it's really hard to, to know the symptoms as well of omega-3 deficiency unless you're having, you know, extreme like dry skin or your hair is falling, um, extreme joint pain. And um, so it's, it's, it's very important to one, make sure you're getting enough of the food sources in your diet and then keeping, you know, keeping up with your blood work regularly um, and your doctor to make sure that, hey, I'm getting enough in my diet, but is it translating into adequate blood levels? Mm-hmm. So um, that's one thing. And then um, I think, you know, other ones that are now not as I don't see as an issue as much anymore. Um, calcium and iron um, are pretty easy to get in a plant-based diet. But again, you need to know the best sources, right? So for calcium, we have fortified, um, you know, dairy alternative products. We have, of course, leafy greens um, in their cooked form are actually better sources. Um, tofu and, and soy products, almonds. Um, and then for iron, um, leafy greens are also um, amazing sources and um, we always recommend that you pair them with um, vitamin c rich food sources Um, we also have legumes beans lentils chickpeas um, and soy products are excellent source of iron and then nuts and seeds as well so i think it's you know truly understanding what are potential deficiencies that you can experience with this diet and then knowing the best sources and then going the extra step and getting your blood work done regularly to make sure that you are indeed meeting your needs through your diet. Do you ever counsel a patient that, you know, perhaps it's uh, this diet isn't meeting your needs, you know, as careful as they might be, uh, they might need to include some animal protein uh, or some dairy or some eggs uh, because of perhaps inefficient digestion uh, or, you know, the extraordinary metabolic demands that you know, perhaps an illness has on them. Absolutely. I, I can't stress that enough is that this diet is not for everyone. I think, like I said before, just getting more plant-based foods in your diet is already excellent. Um, I've had um, patients who are your clients who are allergic to soy. You yeah, know, soy in my opinion is... That's a big... I have a patient in the office who is so exquisitely... And, and a lot of people say, well, I, I'm allergic to soy. That means maybe they... They get indigestion, like a tummy ache or, you know, like gas and bloating. But I had a patient who's so extraordinarily allergic to soy that she has to order her medications from a compounding pharmacy because so often they're they're mixed with soy additives, you know, so at a very exquisite level of sensitivity. So that, that can happen. Yes, and it's a ma- major allergen. Um, in in that in that case, absolutely. Let's put let's put in some eggs or um, some fish in your diet because you're simply not going to 
um, meet all your protein needs um, from beans alone, right? So, and, and, and you shouldn't. I think it's important to have a variety. So um, it, there's definitely some cases um, with people with extreme, you know, severe iron deficiency um, may benefit from eating meat, uh, you know, maybe once a week. Um, we have people with thyroid issues that cannot consume soy because of their medication. Um, so there are definitely types of, um, you know, pop- there are populations that would not benefit from eating strictly vegan vegetarian. And I think at the end of the day, we need to prioritize everyone's health um, and make sure they're getting proper nutrition. And again, we just, we can adapt the diet. You can include some fish, some eggs um, if needed, and then plenty of fruits and vegetables. Um, we already see it's a great positive impact. And then there's the argument about organic versus conventional. And if you uh, consume lots and lots of plants, what you may be getting is a big dollop of uh, herbicides uh, and pesticides, and in some cases, GMO products. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you, you know, earlier in part one, you alluded to uh, a campaign by an organic organization, the All for Vitamin D.org campaign uh, about uh, SNAP benefits. Uh, do you advocate, uh, you know, use of organic products over conventional? Um, for some products, yes, um, absolutely. I think uh, you know we have our our dirty dozen is what we call list that gets updated every year by the um, Environmental Working Group EWG, and, and that essentially shows you the the. 12 um, produce items that contain the most pesticides. Think about um, fruits and vegetables that you eat the skin. Um, Usually those are some that I would recommend getting organic. So things like strawberries, um, kale and spinach, um, apples, uh, cherries, tomatoes, those foods where you know you eat the skin um, and they have a higher level of pesticides, that could be a good idea. But doctor, I will say at the end of the day, I want everyone to eat more fruits and vegetables if they cannot afford it, otherwise it becomes prohibitive right you know because you know i just went to a market here in new york and just to buy a container of uh, uh, organic berries they, were, they wanted to charge 12.99 you know so that would be exactly. you know right. like two servings Exactly. And, and, and I completely, um, you know, I'm a completely aware of that. And that's why I said, you know, listen, if you can't afford and you want to purchase organic, these are the ones that I recommend in organic form because um, there as our clean 15 on the list are the foods with the least pesticide and usually are the ones that we don't eat the right. skin. So the avocados, uh, bananas, you're going to peel mm-hmm. it, right? That, no, really, by all means, by yeah. conventional. I, I think there um, is so some I, hype, you know, regarding uh, the selecting organic versus conventional with regard to certain foods. Certain foods, I think, are less prone to contamination than others. Uh, but the one I mentioned, I think berries often rate high in terms of application of uh, herbicides and pesticides. So, unfortunately, some, you know, and I seek out organic Uh, berries whenever I can. So then I went to another market and I managed to score a big carton of uh, organic strawberries for $5.99, which is a little bit more in the ballpark. That sounds sounds more reasonable. Um, Yes, and it's very unfortunate that our organic foods are are usually so expensive and uh, there's such a gap right in between um, the prices. So um, yeah, so if you, you have the means, 
financial means and you want to purchase um, those the items that are more prone to you know higher levels of pesticides by all means do that but if not if you you don't have that option if you know you're already on a tighter budget which most of us are when it comes to you know um, food then by all means, buy conventional produce. Um, know that there's a few things that you can do um, to at least reduce your, you know, the pesticide level. You can definitely wash and peel um, fruits and vegetables, wash them thoroughly. That helps a little bit. Um, you can also uh, diversify in terms of fresh and frozen. So, for example, if, you know, fresh strawberries, organic fresh strawberries are $15, like you said earlier, um, are really out of your reach. Um, I would much rather someone buy frozen strawberries. Mm -hmm. Perhaps the frozen organic strawberries right. are much, you know, that, more accessible. That's, that's a really good winter wintertime play because it's very hard. It, it's very expensive to bring strawberries from tropical regions to, you know, the frozen north in the middle of the winter. And so that's a go-to, I think, in, and an acceptable go-to in the, in the wintertime. It's not fresh, but frozen. They're organic. And uh, that that's a cost saver. Absolutely. And I will say, you know, frozen fruits and vegetables um, are oftentimes um, peaked um, or harvested at their peak um, nutrition status. So they're really nutritious. Um, you know, they're just in a frozen form, but that keeps the nutrient um, levels. Of course, I think having fresh and frozen both is important. But yes, if frozen um produce organic is more um you know accessible and it makes fits fits in your budget better then by all means that's a great option you can put that in a smoothie you know throw some frozen blueberries um in your oatmeal in the morning um and that really can still be a great option okay good stuff uh where can people find more resources? Uh, do you have a website uh, where you uh, talk a little bit about yourself, your practice, and uh, offer people some resources on uh, greening their diets? <laughs> Absolutely. So you can find me um, on Instagram as Carolina the Green RD. Uh, my website is hungryforplants.com because I'm always hungry for plants. Um, and then, you know, going back to what we spoke about earlier in the show, um, all for vitamin D.org is where you can find information on, um, you know, getting, uh, helping us help the, the other Americans with the SNAP program and making that um, better and more inclusive. And I want to tell people that uh, Carolina is actually spelled like North and South Carolina. It's just we're pronouncing it uh, in the, uh, I guess that's the, the uh, Spanish or Brazilian way of pronouncing Carolina Thanks. because of your family background. Absolutely. You, you nailed it. So South Carolina um, spells the same way. And then the green RD as in the green pressure dietitian. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Thank you very much, Carolina, for joining us and uh, you know telling us about uh, this uh, urgent issue because you know sometimes we despair of uh, the political process because uh, you know we feel so disempowered. But I think that this is an important place for us to uh, exercise our uh, suasion as citizens. Allforvitamind.org is the place to go to become informed about uh, the upcoming farm bill uh, that's going to be voted on this September. Uh, let's uh, let Congress hear from all of you out there about uh, optimizing uh, the foods and supplements that are available under SNAP, Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Thanks, Carolina. Appreciate it. Thank you, doctor. I appreciate you having me. 
My pleasure. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.